It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On MLB Fantasy Minute is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had playing daily fantasy baseball and winning up to 25 times my money. Download the app today and use the code Locked On MLB for a first deposit match up to $100. Exploring my skills on Prize Picks this season adds an extra layer of excitement to daily fantasy sports. With just a few taps, you can transform $10 into $1,000 if you've got the skills. Prize Picks is incredibly user friendly. I can make my selections and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. As the host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball, here are some rock solid picks. Opt for Shohei Otani to have less than 38.5 home runs this season. Opt for Bobby Miller to have higher than 150.5 strikeouts this season. And for Bryce Harper to have higher than 97.5 ribbies this season. Download the app today and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the app today. Use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Coming up on Locked On Dodgers. Some people say the Dodgers aren't going to sign anybody this offseason, but if they do, we're going to tell you who we want them to sign. Vince and I are going to do a draft of free agents that we want coming to the Dodgers this offseason. So that's what's on tap. So let's get Locked On Dodgers. You are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Dodger fans. This is Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Remember, this show is free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked On Dodgers. Or even better, go ahead and subscribe wherever you're watching or listening right now, and then you will never miss a day because you know we're not going to. If this is your first time watching or listening, I am Jeff Snyder. That guy next to me is Vince Samperio. Vince and I are both lifelong Dodger fans just like you are. We've also both spent time covering the Dodgers in the press box and the locker room, so we're not quite insiders, but we bring you the smart fans' perspective on our boys in blue every weekday morning, and uh, we're coming up on a 1,000 episodes of this this podcast since we switched, Vince. We hit a 1,000 overall podcast episodes together a while ago because we did 100 and, what was 138 or something on our old weekly podcast, but uh, we're coming up on a 1,000 in the next, I think in January, we'll hit a 1,000 episodes of Locked On Dodgers since we started, I think, March 25th or something, 2019. So uh, that's a lot of talking to each other. That is a lot of talking to each other. That's a lot of talking about the Dodgers. And we're here and maybe hopefully a thousand more. Yeah, yeah, I'm up for it. Uh, So, yeah, today uh, there was no news in Dodgerland, but the lack of news is kind of news right now. It's kind of the biggest news story in Dodgerland is uh, the Dodgers aren't, doing anything and are they going to do anything and, and all that. And so uh, we thought we would spend today's episode talking about what we would like them to do if they decide to do something. And uh, so what we're going to do, we're just going to do a straight up draft and uh, we are going to draft five players each who we would like the Dodgers to sign. And, uh, and we'll go from there. Uh, yeah. I, I think uh, there will be plenty to say about all of them and we'd love to hear your feedback. Uh, I know Dodger fans are passionate and uh you're going to have passionate thoughts on at least some of these guys we mentioned. So we'd love to hear your thoughts. If you're watching on YouTube, you know, shoot the comments into the YouTube comment section. If you're listening on the podcast, 
reach out to us through social media or email or text or whatever. We'll give you all the contact info at the end, like we always do. Uh, but with that, uh, Vince, I don't know how to decide who gets to go, go first. Uh, I could flip uh, an invisible you, coin, but I don't know if that would be fair. You know, why don't you just go first? You're right. Oh, I was going to say your idea. You can go first. Well, well, I'll go first if you want me to go first. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to start controversial then. Uh, I want Carlos Correa and, uh, this is one we've talked about a few times. And at the beginning of the offseason, I I was like, okay, I guess I could be okay if they sign Correa. I'd learn to be okay with it. I've gotten so much more okay with it that now I really, really want Carlos Correa. Uh, you know, he is such a good player. And he for in my mind, he's so far above even the other three big name shortstops, including two who've already signed big deals. Uh, you know, he's younger than he's the youngest of the four uh, other than sprint speed. He's the best. I saw a breakdown of, I think, you know, Saris tweeted it out uh, like a breakdown of, of the tools of each of the, of the four big name shortstops and Correa was the best in all the tools except sprint speed. He's the slowest of them. Uh, but I don't care really about that. Trey Turner was fast. That was fun, but you know, you don't need a guy to be fast, uh, but he has the best arm. He has the best bat. He has the most power. Uh, he, he's just the best shortstop there is. And, uh, yeah, I know he was on the cheating Astros and I don't like the guy, but I look, I I think about the Dodgers lineup with Carlos Correa in it. And I think, man, I like that lineup. I really like that idea. So yeah, I want Carlos Correa events. Yeah. We both would have started there. So it didn't really matter who went first. And yeah, I mean, I've, I've already said I'm, I'm in on it and, at this point, it's one of those where, you know, what better way to help yourself out in terms of public opinion than to help the team that you cheated against and robbed the World Series of uh, than to help win them World Series? It's the only way he can pay us back. Yeah. All right. Uh, sticking at the top, just <clears throat> get this one out of the way. And. I guess, are we going with caveat of we just want the Dodgers to sign them? We're not caring about what they're asking for, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're not worried about I would. I, yeah. Yeah. We're not worried about roster applications. Uh, yeah. Yeah. If you want Carlos Rodon, make him your pick. Yeah. Yeah. So a seven year deal. I don't know if I want Carlos Rodon, but I want Carlos Rodon in general. We've talked about starting pitching, and it's one of those where Carlos Rodon helps you out in a couple couple spots he helps you out you know this is assuming health obviously which we're gonna assume with everybody we pick he helps you out this year because he slots in near the top of your rotation one two however you feel about you know julio he, he fills in the spot at the top with walker bueller out he helps you hedge a little bit if julio leaves in free agency after this year because you'll have him and walker bueller at the top of your rotation you know for the next some odd years and, and until bueller's a free agent and then you figure that out and he's been good. And he's been, you know, last year he threw almost 180 innings. The year before, he was relatively healthy the entire year with the White Sox. And, yeah, he fills two, He fills a role. He helps you hedge a little bit against, you know, the future. And if he stays healthy, he, you know, with the Dodgers, obviously going to the Giants, they've, they've kind of become a, a little new little pitching haven there of guys going there and either resurrecting or bettering their careers or whatever the case is. Dodgers are the same way, so you wouldn't expect him to get any worse. If anything, he might get a little bit better or, you know, whatever the case is. And, yeah, that's all laid out for Carlos Rodon. It makes a lot of sense. 
you know, like I said, if, if it were going by him looking for seven year deals, maybe it doesn't make as much sense, but we're not thinking about that right now. And that's who the Dodgers, uh, you know, would benefit. One of the guys that would benefit the Dodgers the most at this point, and obviously he's one of the best agents available. So that makes a lot of sense, but he makes a lot of sense. Yeah, absolutely. And uh newsflash, this podcast by and for Dodger fans uh, would like the Dodgers to sign the best pitcher and the best position player available. Uh, this first segment was not very controversial, obviously, you know, Correa is always controversial, uh, but you know, as far as quality of players goes, we didn't really uh, get too uh, too tricky, too uh, outside the box. But I think our next four picks each is going to get more creative because I don't think there's a consensus, and we may not even repeat any. You know, Rodon would would have been my next choice too, and so uh, we had the same top two. I'm interested to see if we have any of the the same uh, on the rest of our list. So we're going to come back in just a minute, and we will continue this draft. Uh, but first, I want to talk to you about Simply Safe because this uh, uh, this podcast episode is brought to you by Simply Safe. At Locked On Dodgers, we believe home should be where you and your family feel safest, especially over the holidays. This season, give yourself and your family the gift of peace and protection with the number one rated home security system, Simply Safe. And right now, Simply Safe is offering Locked On Dodgers listeners 40% off a new security system. Don't put this off. Simply Safe was named the best home security system of 2022 by U.S. News and World Report a third year in a row. In an emergency, 24-7 professional monitoring agents use Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get priority police response. 24-7 professional monitoring costs under a dollar a day. That's left less than half the cost of ADT's traditional professional installed plans. And as I've mentioned before, you might be like me and think, wow, security system must be really expensive. That's for real adults. Guess what? It's not just for real adults. We can get it too because it is super affordable. So Act like a real adult and get a security system and protect your home and your family and everything that you love. Don't miss your chance to stay big on our favorite security system. Get 40% off any new system at simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB today. That's simplysafe, S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E dot com slash locked on MLB. There's no safe like Simply Safe. All right, we are back. We want to thank you again for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. When you're done with this episode, for your second listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. It's the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. All right, Vince, uh, right back into our draft. I guess it's my turn to pick. Uh, I am going to go. I, I'm interested to know if, if you might have thought about this guy. My next pick is Gene Segura. And... Uh, it, wow, that was my next really <laughs> that's that's so funny yeah. yeah i thought i was being uh creative but yeah segura checks a lot of boxes for me he he's good defensively at a couple positions he's played shortstop he's played second base i'm positive he could play third base if necessary so he could be kind of that utility infielder guy uh he's not a great hitter but he's a solid hitter and he doesn't strike out which is something that i i feel like like I, I'm so torn when it comes to strikeouts because I really do believe the new age approach of a, a lot of the time, there's not really any practical difference between a strikeout and a weak ground out to second, but every once in a while there is, and it's not, you know, having a guy who doesn't strike out in those rare occasions where it does matter. It's nice to have that guy available, whether it's off the bench in a pinch hitting role, you know, you, you think about, Oh, if we've got a runner on third and one out, uh, in a tie game in the bottom of the ninth inning, we got Gene Segura on the bench. You might actually think, oh, we could send him up. He can get us a sack fly, you know, whatever it is, even if he's not going to do great. 
you know, he's a solid hitter. We saw he he had some big hits in the postseason uh, for the Phillies. He seems to be a likable guy. Uh, I did uh, I did hate him briefly a couple of years ago uh, because he was the reason that Andrew McCutcheon got hurt when McCutcheon was on the Phillies because uh, Segura he didn't run out a double play and ended up uh, uh, McCutcheon had to hustle extra because of Segura's laziness and. Uh, McCutcheon ended up hurting his leg. I don't remember all the details. I just remember I was mad at Gene Segura, but apparently I'm over it because I don't even remember the details. And uh, I would really like to have Gene Segura on the team. Yeah, we, I mean, I, I forget where I was reading an article about, you know, postseason baseball and just kind of how do, you know, how do you make a team that's going to be good in the postseason? And, you know, pitching wise, it's limiting hard contact and limiting contact and hitting it's, make you more contact because you know realistically you're going to be facing guys that are better pitchers you're going to be facing relievers that are more rested and you know you're going to be not making as much contact so you know strikeout rates a low strikeout rates better we saw gene segura i mean he hit one baseball in that big comeback against the cardinals basically off the ground then he hit another one against the padres or no braves one of those series he i forget who they played but he went back and he hit another one and, and had a big clutch hit. So little things like that is, yeah, ground out over a strike regular season game. You're not going to really remember. Think about it, a ground out over a strikeout in the postseason where there's, you know, runner on second, nobody out, and he grounds out and moves the runner over. It does help out, you know, you would think, because you would hope that the run gets in. So he makes sense there. And uh, it kind of leads into my pick now of a guy that doesn't strike out a lot, a guy that makes a lot of contact guy that I've really kind of wanted on the Dodgers for a while now. It might be a little bit too late, but I still think he can help out. And that's Michael Brantley. Michael Brantley can play left field, can be a DH. The Dodgers don't. As of this point, as of now, Max Muncy would have to play in the field, so they don't necessarily have a DH, you know, a for sure DH. And he was hurt last year, but he, he is a little bit older, but he's still been productive. And I mean, even last year, he was productive, and like I said, he's just there, consistent, makes contact, not too much power, but he's a guy that every time the Dodgers face them, you know, you just expect them to get a hit, whether it's a little, you know, similar to Freddie Freeman, a, a single to left field, uh, you know, he'll hit a little bit more of the gaps than, than Freeman hits a little bit more for power, but he's a guy that kind of fits, you know, they, he, I don't know if he can play left field every day at this point, and realistically probably not, but he can play some left field, some DH, depending on what else they do around him. I think he fits this lineup and, you know, he can just be a guy that's there and he's been in the postseason. He's, you know, been there before, which is a lot different and people know how it goes. And yeah, I think he's a guy that that would have a great role in this Dodger team. I like that pick. Uh, he wasn't on my list, but he has been on my list in the past. And uh, he he played for the Astros, but he doesn't have the Astros tank because he didn't go to the Astros till 2019. And so Basically, he signed with the Astros. He played for the Astros after they had cheated and were done cheating and before we knew that they were cheaters. And so he's kind of he's clear on both sides, uh, controversy-wise. Um, I guess I'm going to stick in that same kind of not sure if he can play left field or if he need to be a DH. Uh, this one's a little more sure on the DH, uh, but I'm going to go with J.D. Martinez. Uh, J.D. Martinez is a guy who's – been talked about as potentially to the Dodgers for a long time. We know that he has a good relationship with Mookie Betts. Uh, he has a good relationship with Robert Van Skoyak. Uh, and he is 
at times a very, very good hitter. And re- really, I mean, he's been a good hitter almost his entire career, other than 2020 uh, when he struggled in that shortened season. He has been somewhere between good and really, really, really good. And, uh, you know, I- I'd like to see that with the Dodgers. I-, I don't know. I don't know how much he has left in the tank. He's, what, 35 years old? Yeah, he's 35. Um, but I doubt he would command a huge contract. And I think he's a guy who could really, uh, you know, my only hang up about Martinez is he's really just a DH and, and they're kind of locked in at him at DH. If they go with them, um, I don't think they would run him out in left field very often at all. Uh, and so that makes it a little bit challenging, but he's such a good hitter when he's on that, uh, it might be worth it. So uh, I'm going with Jaden Martinez for my second pick or my third pick. Yeah. I mean, that works. He fits, uh, like I said, having the DH only, that's not a top like 15 hitter in the game. I mean, he could be a top 15 hitter in the game, but hasn't been top 15 recently is a little bit tough, but if anyone, the Dodgers can make it work. Uh, next one I have is a guy that can play the middle infield, can play the infield. He had a big season last year, a little bit, somewhat of an anomaly in his career. Brandon Jury, he, you know, realistically, the way it's going, you know, Chris Taylor's going to have to have a for sure almost everyday type role at this point, whether it's in center, whether it's in left, whether it's second base, whether it's shortstop, whether it's third base, whatever the case is. As of right now, Chris Taylor's kind of in an everyday role, similar to Max Muncy. Brandon Jury just helps out in the case that – you know, whoever they play at second or if they call it Michael Bush or whoever it is in the case that they don't hit in the case that, you know, they can't handle it. Uh, he's a guy that can be that. And, and it, you know, last year, 28 home runs, 87 RBI, 813 OPS, 122 OPS plus he had never had an OPS plus or 2021. He had a pretty decent year, 111. But before that, he hadn't really done too much. And, he, and you know, he had a 101 OPS plus back in 2016. So you're a little bit weary. I don't. I would. I didn't go into depth because this was a little bit of a last-minute uh, idea. But you know, I don't know if it was swing change or whether it's just him, you know, finally realizing pitching was was you know figuring it out or whatever the case is. But if there's something there that either was related to swing change or some type of foundational change in his hitting, then I think even want him because he's still young enough to where he's still going to produce. It could be you know he wasn't on tendered, but. This could be like, you know, a, a Justin Turner type where uh, Justin Turner didn't come off a, an, a year like Brandon Jury did, but a guy that can come in and be a role type role player for sure at the beginning, maybe blossom into a different role and, you know, fill in holes for the Dodgers around the infield and a little bit of outfield. Yeah. Yeah. Drury was uh, one I had on my list with a question mark who I, I was going to maybe get to him if you stole too many of mine. Uh, my, my big issue with Drury is, again, defense. He can play multiple positions, uh, but doesn't play any of them very well. And so it's uh, it's more of a, you know, he's kind of like the opposite of Hanser Alberto, who could play multiple positions but didn't hit at all. You know, Drury would probably hit and, and if you trust the hit tool. And like, like you said, I don't know if he made a change or if it is a fluky two season. So I'd be a little bit leery of him. Uh, speaking of Justin Turner, did you know, do you remember that uh, in late 2013 or early 2014, before the Dodgers signed Justin Turner, you wrote an article for Dodgers Nation 
suggesting that the Dodgers should sign Justin Turner. I mean, I remember that. Yeah, I came across it the other day. I was, because, uh, you know, I write for Dodgers Nation now. And so I, I was uh, writing something about JT and, and I was going to put a link in. So I was looking at some articles about, like the earliest articles about JT. And there was an article about making the case for the Dodgers to sign Justin Turner. And I pulled it up and uh, written by Vince Semperio. So, uh, yeah, look at you. Yeah. I knew, yeah. I knew. So uh, we're going to come back in just a minute. We each have two picks left and uh, probably saving the best for last, I assume. So uh, we will be back in a second to make our last two picks of who we want the Dodgers to pick. So thank you for making Locked on Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. And please keep it Locked on Dodgers. This episode is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting, info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to college bowl season to basketball and World Cup, we've got it all at betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, we are back, and uh, it is time for our last four picks, two picks each. And uh, so, yeah, I've got three names left on my list for two possible picks two position players and a pitcher so i guess i'm going to go with the pitcher next and then i'll try to decide between the two position players for my last pick uh my my next pick is ross stripling uh ross stripling is a free agent he has pitched really really well for the blue jays at times and uh i think stripling could come in obviously he's he's well known to dodger fans dodger fans love him and to the extent that the Dodgers are looking for starting pitching, really they could use either an ace or a number five innings eater. You know, it, it's kind of because they have top of top of the rotation starters. Uh, they have potential. I mean, really all four of the Dodgers set starters, I think we talked about this yesterday, all four of the starters the Dodgers know they have, Julio and Kershaw and Gonsolin and May, all four of them have potential to be aces. And so – uh, you know, they don't necessarily need an ace. Obviously, you and I both had Carlos Rodon at the top of our list for a reason. Uh, but if they didn't go with an ace, going with a guy like Stripling to come in, and he's a guy we know he can work as a swingman too. He can pitch out of the bullpen if necessary. He could be a piggyback starter. He could fill a lot of roles for the Dodgers if they do go with, you know, if they want to go with Bobby Miller and have, okay, but we still need to limit Miller's innings. We don't want to overwork him this young. And so, you know, maybe we're going to limit Miller to to four innings per start or, you know, 60 pitches or whatever. You have Stripling be a piggybacker with him. He could be the fifth starter at times, you know, if somebody gets hurt or whatever. I think Stripling could fill a lot of roles on a pitching staff, and he's such a a good dude, I think, in the in the clubhouse, in the, in the dugout, everything. He would be a positive influence. He's a veteran at this point, and, uh, and I like Ross Stripling, and he's been on this podcast. And so, uh, you know, everything about Ross Stripling makes sense. Yeah, and uh, that's similar to the role I have next. But, yeah, Ross Stripling makes sense, would be comfortable, uh, probably wouldn't command much at this point. Guys around him are getting, you know, 10 to 12, maybe 15 mil. So if you're thinking money-wise, not too bad. Uh, the next guy I have is one that's based on assuming the starting pitching or pitching in general market starts to crash a little bit. And it's a guy that's a little bit of a project, but could make sense. Uh, and that's Noah Syndergaard. Noah Syndergaard in a similar type 
swingman role. You're not giving him a spot in the rotation, but you're thinking you can make him into a pretty solid reliever. Now, his velocity was down last year, but he will be one more year removed from all those injuries and that surgery. So, you know, you have that going for it. I mean, he still threw – his fastball still averaged 94.1, his sinker 94. So he could still ramp it up, and, and it wouldn't be too big of an issue. Um, but you look at his splits last year, and it, it, it you can you can talk yourself into him being a reliever uh, if you kind of, you know, talk yourself into it a little bit. So by last year, his splits, the first inning of a game when he was a starter – his ERA was six, but then second, third inning, his ERA was two, three, five, two, eight, two. And then, but when you go to his, someone facing him the first time in a game, uh, he had held opponents to a 676 OPS, which isn't great for a pitcher, but it isn't terrible. And he was in the role of a starter where he knows he's going to have to try to go at least five innings. So, you know, he's not emptying the tank. If you can get him in a role where you know he's only going to throw one, two, three innings at a time, he can feel a little bit more comfortable emptying the tank. Maybe some of that velocity comes back. You know, he'd still be able to get guys out. He he did a decent job for the Phillies in the postseason, getting guys out in certain situations or not letting the game get too out of hand. Now, you know, that doesn't sound promising, but we're not we're not dealing with a lot of free agents left that are here because they're they're good pitchers. A lot of them are here because they're not that great pitchers. And I think he's one of those guys that in a specific role of a guy that's Occasional spot star, but mostly relieving. Similar to, like I said, if they're going to use guys, Bobby Miller, Pepio, whoever it is, and they don't want him to go too much, that I can fill in. He can empty the tank for two innings at a time, get that velocity back, and you know still have the way he learned how to pitch a little bit last year. I think he could fill a role, but he he would have to drop salary wise technically. But we're not thinking about that right now. So uh, yeah, I think it would work out. Yeah, I don't hate that idea. Uh, I, I think a lot of it for me would depend on if the Dodgers think they can identify why the velocity is down. Um, all right, my last pick. Uh, I'm going to make you guess. What if I told you it is the active career leader in caught stealings? Been caught stealing more than any other active player. Um, is it McCutcheon? He would try to steal a lot. So McCutcheon is fourth. On the, mm. uh, on the stolen base, yeah, eighty four caught stealings for Andrew McCutcheon. This guy has one hundred and eleven, uh, despite p- he's uh, played the same number of years as McCutcheon. This guy uh, has more stolen bases than I would have guessed. He has three hundred and thirty five career stolen bases and one hundred and eleven caught stealings. And Josh Harrison, no, uh, Josh Harrison. I don't see him on this list. I'm sure he's here somewhere. Uh, he's number twenty six. Uh, he's only been caught 37 times in his career, uh, but he also only has 128 stolen bases. Anyway, uh, his name is Elvis Andrews, and uh, he is a guy who he's only played shortstop in his career. Uh, I don't necessarily like the idea of signing him to be their shortstop, but again, like you know, so I probably don't like the idea of, of them signing him and Gene Segura. But you know, if uh, you know, some general manager thinks like you and me and had Gene Segura on his list, uh, Elvis Andrews would be a decent backup plan there. He's only played shortstop, but I assume he could play other positions. And uh, he's he's just got a lot of tools that he's – I don't know what he is. Like, he, he's just been quietly okay for a long time. He's never been a great hitter. Uh, he's usually been a below-average hitter. He's not as good a hitter as Segura, uh, but he also uh, – 
how many career hits you think uh, Elvis Andrews has? It's more. It's like over two thousand, right? He was like one just of the... under. He he's three hits away from two thousand. Yeah, yeah, it's uh one thousand nine hundred ninety seven hits. He's got a uh, uh, ninety six career homers. He could uh, get his two thousandth hit at his hundredth career homer uh, in Dodger blue. It would be like Albert Pujols all over again. You know, making history. Uh, yeah, Andrews. He's just a guy who uh, I I feel like he could provide some value off the bench, uh, utility infielder kind of guy. And uh, if you need a guy to go get caught stealing for you, he could do that too. There you go. The Dodgers don't need that, but no, yeah, I mean, he works. This, he Vince, it's raining. Dodgers have a lead and they need to get the fifth inning over with, <laughs> you know, go send pinch run with Elvis Andrews, go get caught stealing. There you go. That works. Uh, yeah. I mean, he he's, it's kind of interesting because, like, the Dodgers don't have a shortstop in waiting. It's not like, you know, he would be a perfect stopgap shortstop, but they don't necessarily need that. I mean, I guess you could always delay it a year and see what happens, you know, or who becomes available or whatever the case. But, yeah, I mean, he makes sense. Um, yeah, there's a, you know, my last one, there's going to be, if you're going to be listening, you might be like, there's other guys better than him or whatever the case. And, yeah, that's very possible, but. I don't know. I've always kind of liked this guy, even though even when he was on the Giants, I didn't dislike him because of him. I just disliked him because he was on the Giants. That was Johnny Cueto. Now, this one goes kind of against of what we said of the Dodgers need somebody that's either a number one or two or more of a swingman type. I don't think he really fills either of those roles, but he can eat innings for you last year. He signed late with the White Sox. He went like he went more than six innings in. Uh, I think 18 of his starts, he had quality starts and he went more than six innings in 24 starts or averaged more than six innings, 24 starts. So he's a guy that can, you know, if the Dodgers really wanted to, they could probably run a six man rotation next year or some kind of variation of that where, you know, Julio Kershaw, whoever else goes all the time. And then they kind of rotate the last two or three spots or whatever the case is of either giving a guy extra rest or he's only, or they're going to piggyback or whatever the case is. And he's a guy kind of like Tyler Anderson did for him last year, where he's just going to pitch five, six, seven innings every time out. He's not going to strike out a lot of guys. He's very good at limiting hard contact, which is something the Dodgers specialize in already anyways. And it would be, you know, I don't, I don't know how, I actually don't know how you feel about Johnny Cueto in general, but I don't mind all the, uh, like the delays and all the try to, you know, deception that he does with his delivery only because, like, I was a junk ball pitcher, and when I played in the adult leagues on Sundays, I would try everything to try to disrupt people's timing. So I think I relate to it. Maybe that's why I like them. Yeah, uh, I have strong feelings about Johnny Cueto, and they're not positive. Uh, and, and honestly, it's like I hate the the stupid quirks he does on the mound, but mostly because he does them. I've actually disliked Johnny Cueto since long before he went to the Giants uh, when he was with the Reds. He had that uh, – they had a bench-clearing brawl with the Cardinals – and he ended Jason LaRue's career by karate kicking him in the head repeatedly with his cleats. Uh, and so uh, I, I've had uh, issues with Johnny Cueto ever since then. If they signed Carlos Correa and Johnny Cueto, they would really be testing Jerry Seinfeld's theory about how we're just rooting for laundry and we don't care who's wearing it uh, for me. But, you know, I go back to Juan Uribe. Back in 2010, the Dodgers, in the same week, they non-tendered Russell Martin, my favorite Dodger, and then they signed Juan Uribe, who was literally my least favorite player in baseball at the time. And uh, and I learned to not just tolerate Uribe. I actually learned to like Uribe. I really liked him by the end. 
and I realized that I was, you know, the only reasons I disliked him. But we didn't like him until you started playing well, because I hated him those first couple of years. That, that's probably true, yeah. He was not good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, playing well and the personality, you know, he, he was kind of Hanser Alberto if Hanser Alberto had been able to hit, you know. Um, yeah. But, yeah, and I realized that my reasons for not liking him were childish. I didn't like him because he had been on the Giants, and in the 2005 World Series and he was on the White Sox, he had this stupid bleach goatee thing that I thought looked stupid. And, and that was why I didn't like Juan Uribe. So, you know, there I have better reasons, I think, for Correa and Cueto, but I assume I'd get over those two, uh, or at least enough that I could uh, uh, root for them to do well when they were playing for the Dodgers. So, uh, yeah, I don't hate the Cueto idea, even though I hate the Cueto idea. So. Yeah. Uh, all right. Anybody else on your honorable mentions or any, anybody who almost made your list? Nathan Eovaldi was a more expensive version of what I would want for Cindergard, although he could be a closer for sure. So yeah, I'd probably take Eovaldi over Cindergard probably at this point. But uh, yeah, the only other guy on my list who I didn't say, the guy I was trying to decide between him and Elvis Andrews, and I'm still not sure I made the right decision, was Donovan Solano. Uh, you know, it's kind of the same uh, situation. Just so he doesn't face the Dodgers, it makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> Solano has more positional flexibility and is probably a better hitter than Andrews, but uh, probably not as good a defender. So, you know, it, it's a toss-up. But, uh, all right, well, I think that's going to do it for today. Uh, this was fun, and, you know, I doubt the Dodgers will sign all 10 of these guys, but, uh, you know, I'll, I'll settle for Correa and Rodon, you know. Uh, but whatever it is, I'll take it. Yeah, make something happen, Dodgers, or, or don't, you know. We'll see. Whatever happens, we'll be here to talk about it because that's what we do. So thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Now for your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with lo local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. Thank you for listening to us. If you're not watching or listening to Locked On Dodgers every weekday morning, we'd love if you add one or two days a month to your rotation. If you have friends or family who love the Dodgers, please tell them about the show. Maybe they'll like it too. You can follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at Locked On Dodgers. Vince is on Twitter at Vince Semperio. I'm on Twitter at Snydog, and the DMs are open in all of those places. Our email address is LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com, and our phone number for voicemails or text messages is 323-863-LOCK-5625. We are here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be here with us. When you get in your car or sit on your couch, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.